Hello and welcome to the GTLA Lakers 818 podcast, or as I should call it for today, the GLA podcast, because Tarek is not here with us. He is in Mexico for some reason. Uh, I didn't get an invite, so I'm not really sure uh, what's going on or what has happened, but we will find out when he gets back. Uh, I was debating whether or not to do a podcast without him. Um, Our goal with this is kind of to do a podcast every four to five Laker games, and uh, we hit that mark. Uh, We're at five as of today, which is November 14th, Tuesday, and also the Lakers just ended their four-game road trip, so I thought it was a good time to, to do one. And uh, he won't be back till next week. So, yeah, I thought I'd just give it a shot myself. And admittedly, this is kind of weird. Never. Well, this is only the third podcast of my life. And it's definitely my first one uh, just doing it by myself. I'm sitting in my condo in Studio City. Uh, It is almost midnight, uh, but I am a a night owl. So that's how we're going to do this. Um, Another interesting point about our podcast. I actually, as of today, have not even posted the first two podcast episodes. Uh, this is really new for us, and we have it all recorded. I have it in MP3 format and everything. I just am still learning how to exactly post it to the podcast host, and I'm learning about just all the things I need to uh, get it online. On And also, uh, we're just getting our uh, logo done, so... Yeah, it took a little bit of time, but um, yeah, uh, hopefully if you're just hearing this and this is up the next day, I plan to have this podcast up and all the rest of them by tomorrow night, which is Wednesday, November 15th. So if you're listening to this one because it's the most recent, please go back and listen to the first two where this podcast we're just following along the Lakers season, updating it, talking about the games, also stuff that happens off the court. Uh, so yeah, check us out. Also, another update, if you when you go back and listen to the first two podcasts, I gave, I give the wrong uh, social media name for us. Well, I decided to change it. Now on social media, uh, right now we just have Instagram, but probably gonna get a Twitter. Um, but I've neither of us have actually ever used Twitter in our life, <laughs> and we have only, only ever used Instagram. So we'll have to kind of learn to see how that all works. But uh, our ten, our handle for all social media will be GTLA Lakers eight one eight. So please follow us. Oh, and for our Instagram, for example, it's gonna be really cool. We're gonna post cool pictures, but actually more uh, importantly, we're gonna put up really uh, unique, cool highlight reels and compilations and stuff. Uh, we're in the process of learning how to get uh, the game saved. And uh, once we do, it'll be pretty easy to chop them up and we will have them uh, posted online so our instagram will be really cool it isn't right now exactly i mean i have some stuff i just started it uh on sunday two days ago and i've already put up uh some pictures and stuff and some clips some funny stuff hopefully i might my goal with it is to put up cool highlights and funny content like that's it so for any laker fan it'll be great definitely follow us again gtla lakers 818 for all social media uh, so as I said at the beginning, this uh, we just ended our four-game road trip, and unfortunately, we went one and three. Uh, we lost to the Bucks, Wizards, and Celtics, and we beat the Suns. But prior to that, the first game since our last podcast we need to talk about is the Memphis Grizzlies game, which was about what nine days ago now. We played on a Sunday. 
And it was really cool. By the end of that game, we were five and five. So we hit 500, which is such a great feeling. And being in the West, you know, Lakers really need to just stay right about there. If we want to make the playoffs, we need to be right at 500. Because the West is strong this year. We really, we got to stay at 500. And I would love, I, I think it is a realistic goal at this point for the Lakers to make the playoffs. At the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't, but it's definitely attainable and this team has proven that, you know, I think it is good enough. Um, so I'm really, so I'm really excited about that. That was exciting because I remember me and Tark watched the game together and it was really cool. We hit 500 again. I remember last year, the season before, we were 10 and 10 at 500 and it was really exciting before everything uh, kind of went to the crapper. But um, yeah, so we were 500 and that game against the Grizzlies, this was the Ingram ball out game like ingram he was definitely a stud tonight you know my thing with him is he going to be a stud or a dud number one thing i'm looking for with ingram is consistency can he be consistent game to game ingram should always have at least 12 points in every game like that's what i want to see from this season like that's the growth i really want to see because he has this this thing where sometimes he's just out of it and plays a bad game and he had a couple of those in this uh, last five game stretch but this game in the first half he had 17 points he was killing it he had a bunch of nice drives to the basket um so yeah it was at the end of the second like the second quarter towards the end he had like four or five straight just drive by drives doing layups on uh, mark gasol and he looked really good um and yeah we we looked really good this game we were up uh 20 points at one point and then the, the story of this game was how we blew that lead we were up 20 and then the game went all the way down to we were only up three points with like a minute or two left. It was, it was really bad. Um, and Contavious Caldwell Pope kind of saved us. He hit a, a big jumper with 19 seconds that kind of like, I think it pushed the lead back to three or maybe we got it above three. I don't remember, but and it was kind of reminiscent of the game against the Blazers where Pope kind of was, he hit the big three two to tie the game uh, before Lillard hit the game winner. Um, and that was interesting. I guess that is good right now, I think, for the beginning of the season that we have a, a veteran guy, quote-unquote veteran, because Pope, he's not even that old. I don't think he's over 26. Um, but it's good that we have him now to take those shots, and he's proven making this one in this game and the, game, and the shot against the Blazers that he can hit them. Uh, but at some, hopefully towards the middle, to the end of the season, you know, Luke Walton starts giving those shots to Ingram, Lonzo or Kuzma to, to get them, you know, used to taking those shots because those are the ones we, we want them taking them in the future. Like that's so it'd be good to get them started now. Uh, and oh, I guess he kind of did in that Blazers game. Kuzma did get to shoot the last shot. That was good. That's the, I think this great experience, you know, Mr. Make like experience is the best teacher. So I guarantee I have this feeling that next time Kuzma's in that position, he's going to he'll hit the shot. Um, and yeah, and we won the game, which is great. And it was definitely, it was a good game, a good lesson to learn from this game, like about not blowing leads. Don't give up just because you're up 20 in the third quarter, you cannot take your foot off their throat. You cannot take your foot off the gas pedal. Like I, I was, I was kind of glad. This is one of those games where you're like, yeah, it was good in the sense that we won, but also we learned a really good lesson. I felt that like this should be a marker game for the Lakers. It should mark this game. Okay, now we learn if we're up 20, you can't let up you just can't like because the lakers almost blew that 
Um, Brooke Lopez had a team high, 21 points. Clarkson, 15 points in 20 minutes. Clarkson's the points per minute guy, uh, as I talked about on the last, on the last podcast. Uh, Randall had 12 points, eight rebounds in 17 minutes. Lonzo had nine points and nine assists. So yeah, so after this game, this is a home game. We were 500. I was really excited. And then we went to Boston to play the Celtics, who were on fire. I think at this point they had uh, won like eight or nine in a row. And even just as it, the Celtics actually just won today, Mass Kyrie came in, and I think they've now won 13 straight. So they're hot. Uh, and this game, well, it's important to me for two reasons. As a Laker diehard fan, you know, we just, just hate the Celtics. You know, always want to beat them. But also, I actually went to school uh, in Boston. I went to Boston College for undergrad. So I have a lot of friends that are either from Boston or big Celtics fans. And I texted all of them before the game. And what I told them, what my main thing I was trying to get across was I was like, yo, Ingram and Kuzma are going to school Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Like, that's what I wanted to have happen. Um, and I think that's a really nice like two on two right there. You got two young players from the same drafts. Ingram was the number two pick, Jalen Brown was the number three pick last year. And then this year Tatum was what, a number, he was a number three pick and Kuzma, whatever, he was later 27th pick. Um, so that's what I texted all my BC friends. I was like, yo, Ingram, Kuzma, they're gonna school your, your boys, Brown and Tatum. Unfortunately, Tatum got hurt in the first quarter so he didn't really end up playing that much. Uh, Al Horford was hurt too. Um, the one interesting thing from the start of the game was uh, we saw we saw finally the fans away crowds booing Lonzo, booing him hard, and I love this. Like it's it's awesome. Like I think it's good for him. Like he's already getting booed and learning how to play off of it, so that's great. Um, and then yeah, the second thing is uh, that had me thinking that I was thinking about was uh, a potential. Lakers-Celtic future rivalry. I mean, all this speculation about LeBron coming. I mean, it, the storyline would be nice because you have the Ingram-Kuzma versus Brown and Tatum thing. And then you got LeBron versus Kyrie. And then obviously Lonzo is just a story just in himself everywhere. So yeah, for everyone that, you know, is hoping like I am that LeBron will come and we get a LeBronzo uh, pairing. Uh, this the rivalry is set up pretty nicely for a really cool uh, battle. Um, yeah, and just a, another note, and this is on behalf of myself and Tariq. Uh, we're big fans of Kyrie Irving. Like I love Kyrie Irving, and I, I'm I'm sad that he's a Celtic because I hate the Celtics, but I just love Kyrie. And uh, yeah, he was awesome. Uh, anyways, so yeah, at the end of the first quarter, we were down 33 to 16. And we had 10 turnovers, which is just ridiculous. That means we were on pace for 40 turnovers at the end of the first quarter. Uh, and then interestingly, you know, we were down 20 in the second quarter. And in the middle of the third quarter, we had cut it to two at one point. Um, so that was cool. It was kind of like the opposite of last game. Last game against the Grizzlies, we were up 20 and blew the lead down to three. In this game, we were down 20 and came back to within you know two or three. Um, but then after that, in the third quarter, like eh, there was really no point in the fourth quarter where I felt like we were gonna win. It just, nothing, nothing was really, I don't know, I just didn't get that feeling. Like we weren't playing that well. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good that we came back. And this was really, this was Randall's game. 
Uh, and I, this was really interesting. So in the first quarter, I guess I think maybe Bogut was, this is his first game back from whatever minor injury you have, and I'm sure they'll have uh, a bunch more of these random injuries where he misses five straight games. Um, but yeah, I think this was his first game back. And so in the first quarter, Kuzma and Brooke Lopez were subbed out for Bogut and Brewer. And I, when that happened initially, I was really like, what? Like, I mean, like Randall, he's been playing really well off the bench. And okay, so now you're saying he's behind not just Bogut, which he shouldn't be, but then he's behind Brewer in the in, tonight? I mean, I didn't understand that. And... I mean, Bogut, he's a seasoned guy, seasoned veteran. He's won a championship with Warriors. But, man, this guy, uh, I don't know. He can barely move, it looks like. He, he looks like he's got cement blocks for his feet. And, uh, you know, sometimes it looks like when he's in, you can tell the Lakers revert to that half-court motion offense of theirs where, like, Luke Walton loves having the center, at the, which is Bogut, at the three-point line, trying to make a pass down, down the lane and... I don't, I don't like that. I, I, cause when, cause now when you're waiting for Bogut to be the setup guy, like that means the whole pace is kind of completely slow. And as we've been talking about, when we keep preaching, the Lakers need to play fast. That's how they're gonna be good. Like, don't slow the game down just so Bogut can, you know, try to throw a dime. Like, anyway. So yeah, Randall was definitely pissed. <laughs> he didn't play in the first quarter at all, and he comes in, and. By the end of the game, he was the only Laker that was a positive in the plus minus. He was a plus five. Everyone else was a negative. He had 16 points and 12 rebounds in only 21 minutes. He was playing with a lot of energy. He had a lot of dunks, it seemed like. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was good to see. Like, he should be he should be proven to coach that, yeah, like, no, like, I'm, don't put Bogut in and brewer before me like i'm i'm the six man big guy you know like clarkson's a six man guard and randall is, should be the six man you know center power forward and and then yeah it was funny because after bogut played in the first quarter he didn't play in, he didn't play the whole rest of the game so you know yeah um other interesting things uh six players uh tonight at, in this celtics game were in double figures and it was almost seven but Alonzo only had nine points uh, and, yeah, shot bad again. Um, Clarkson and Ingram had team high, 18 points each. And this again, this I'm going to be, we're going to be talking about this all season, the three-pointers for the Lakers. They were five for 24, and they're still, they're in last place in the NBA in percentage, and I think... Uh, attempts or at least made makes per game now like they are really bad and this Laker team the way it's designed it it, it needs to be a good shooting team and if they're not going to be then they need to make all their two-pointers which is hard it's hard night in and night out to shoot really high percentage from the field and two-point land like it's just not going to happen like making threes makes it all easier um and Ingram needs to shoot more threes. Clarkson needs to shoot more threes. I mean, Brooke Lopez, shouldn't, even though he's a he's a good shooter and he should shoot them, he shouldn't be our best and highest attempting three-point shooter. Like he's our center. Like so, yeah. And this this theme of Lakers shooting bad is going to continue for the rest of the road trip. Um, and oh God, this game, Aaron Baines on the Celtics. This guy killed us. 
<laughs> it's it's always seen to me since I was a little kid that the Lakers always let some. It seems like every time the Lakers play a team, and I'm, but I'm sure this is true, no matter who you root for, it feels like there's some random guy on the other team that ends up killing us. And this game, it was Aaron Baines. Um, yeah, so we lost to them. God, I hate the Celtics. All right, next, and then we played the Wizards the next game. Uh, I only saw the second half of this game because uh, it started really early and I didn't make it back from work uh, to see the first half. Um, but yeah, what I saw the second half, it was never really close. I, it never felt like we were going to win. Uh, we had seven players in double figures, which was cool. Um, Lonzo had 10 points, eight rebounds, and eight assists, which, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a precursor for his uh, triple-double the next game. But I read or I heard something that after this Wizards game, he was he had been ranked or he was ranked at that right after this game as a, having the second worst field goal percentage of all time in NBA history after 12 games. Um, like and it was there was some qualifying amount like for for all players that had shot at least this many times. Second worst all time, which is pretty funny I mean he's yeah he's bricking them but again I'm not I'm really not worried about Lonzo I'm really not he's on I'm I'm so glad he's on our team this guy is so good honest everyone right now is the time to buy Lonzo stock I'm telling you guys like because this guy is gonna be really good um and yeah he had an interesting quote uh about his shooting he said at some point since we last talked on the pod that is all in his head he said he knows he's a good shooter but it's just in his head and uh yeah i i completely agree because i watched like all his games at ucla and just the way he shot at ucla just so much confidence like he would just pop it like he he just knew it was going in and i'm not and even in summer league you could see that a bit too but so far this season it just seems like he's tight on the shot like he's yeah you can tell he's just gonna get comfortable he'll but he's gonna be fine I'm, I'm really not worried um and one other interesting thing was Lonzo was interviewed after one of these games and he said he well I thought this was interesting he said on average he likes to sleep at 1 a.m at night okay yeah I mean life of a basketball player like they're traveling a lot so I'm sure there's not really much consistency in that but what was interesting was he said he likes to sleep for three to four hours before the games which I thought was ridiculous like what i mean i don't really nap that much i'm not a napper but if i were to take a three to four hour nap before a basketball game like i would be out of it man maybe that's his problem maybe that's why he's not shooting well he's he's coming to the games too groggy sleep and sleepy after these long naps like lonzo might want to i suggest you maybe uh take shorter naps for the games or i hope you're down with some coffee or something <laughs> um yeah, everyone in the Wizards game was uh, a minus on the plus minus. And again, terrible three-point shooting. We were three for 23 from the three-point line. Uh, that's, that's um, what is that again? Uh, that's terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. 13% from the three-point line, just awful. So this Wizards game, uh, it felt like the Wizards, you know, were getting their revenge for their loss in LA a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it just never felt like they were going to win. So... After two games of the road trip, 0-2. So we were 500 after the Grizzlies game. Now we're 5-7. and seven. And we go into Milwaukee. And before this game, there, Jason Kidd was on, I don't know if he was on some, maybe it was first take or something. He was interviewed, and he had a really interesting things to say about Mr. Lonzo Ball. 
Uh, let me pull up this quote. He said, and it was kind of like, well, it was a mix of a bit of throwing shade and a mix of, oh, I'm protecting, I want to protect my legacy still. So here's a quote. I think the first thing is, does someone play hard for 48 minutes? And are you willing to do anything to win? So kind of questioning Lonzo's effort or something here. Um, and then he goes on. And so far, it's still early in his career. And as someone said earlier, it's a stretch. He's saying it's a stretch to compare him or Lonzo to him. Uh, it continues. He has to understand what it means to play hard and what it means to win. Okay, again, questioning whether he plays hard in his effort and how to win at the highest level. And it takes time. In three years, hopefully there's a better comparison. I don't, I don't believe him. <laughs> but right now it's a stretch and he has a way to go. So I, I like this. I mean, I think it's cool. Like Jason Kidd, you know, he's trying to protect his legacy. He doesn't want to be, you know, give up his throne as that rebounding, assisting, super versatile point guard. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, it's kind of funny. I thought, so yeah, this, that was like, for, I was thinking, I'm sure Lonzo was thinking this going into this game, like, oh, kid thinks I'm not playing hard. So yeah, Lonzo, Hey, this was Lonzo's game. He completely showed out. He looked good from the start again, just like the Celtics game. He was being booed a bunch, which I think is great. Like, I love it. Um, yeah. So Lonzo in this game, he started the game by hitting his first two threes. Uh, this was within the first six minutes of the first quarter. I was so excited. And I could just tell them, look at his face and the way he was moving. Like, he just looked like he was into it. Maybe he had a short nap or something this time. Um, so he hit, started off hitting his first two threes. And then within the first five minutes of the game, he had three rebounds and three assists. So, yeah, by halfway through the first quarter, six points, three rebounds, three assists. I texted Tark. I was like, Lonzo's on triple-double watch. Uh, yeah, you could just tell it was it was gonna be one of those games, and he was really active on the glass this game, uh, and you could I I started to tell it looked like that kind of gets him into a rhythm, like going for offensive rebounds and getting them, which I think is great because if he gets the rebounds, then he can quickly outlet it, you know, without wasting that time where someone else gets the rebound and then handing it off to him. Like every second counts when you're trying to be a transition team, like, and that's why it bugs me sometimes when I see these Laker players like they'll get the rebound and just like kind of, they're not rushing to push it up already. I mean, they're kind of holding the ball or like they do a spin move to pass. Like, no, just as soon as, just like Lonzo does, when you always notice when Lonzo's about to get the ball, he first looks down the court and then he looks back to get the ball. So he sees this happening. I mean, he's trying, he's trying to go. Um, so, but the one thing that I'm kind of wondering about his uh, offensive rebounding, and this is something I want to ask Tarek about, is I wonder if it might sometimes be actually detrimental to the team in this sense, in that typically in basketball, the point guard is the one who's like the, the man down back, like who's gonna, you know, he's usually at the top of the key to like the first man back playing defense. So if he crashes and no one fills in at the top of the key to play defense in case, you know, we don't get the rebound, you know, that could lead to some outlet passes and easy buckets for the other team. But I don't know, it's a, it's a mix. Like Lonzo, he'll have to learn. Like he has to learn when to go for them and when not to, which is, yeah, I'm, he's a smart guy. So I'm sure he could figure it out. But that is something I do wonder. Um, 
one thing oh and at the start one thing i was curious to see at the beginning of this game was who was going to be guarding Giannis, and it ended up being kyle kuzma and overall in the game i thought kuzma did a pretty good job for a rookie going against this absolute freak which you know he's the greek freak I thought he did a decent job. You know, even Giannis had a good game. He didn't have a, that good of a first half, I remember, but in the second half, he just, it looked like it was his world. Um, but yeah, no, I thought Kuzma did a pretty solid job. And actually at the end of this game, I was I was thinking to myself, I was like, it's pretty cool. It's pretty good that Lonzo and Kuzma are solid defenders, like already, like that's a that's a good thing. Like it's, it's really good actually. Um, so uh what other what, what else happened oh i thought it was interesting yeah there's this theme of players playing entire quarters in this game luke well i don't know if luke walton was up to something but ingram and pope played the entire first quarter and then lonzo played the entire second quarter and fourth quarter and now i quickly want to talk about there was something about lavar ball coming out and saying that lonzo should be playing the entire fourth quarters of all the games and so I thought it was funny when I saw, I was like, I was wondering, did this, did his quote, and everyone was waiting for it. Everyone was waiting for when is LeVar gonna be Coach LeVar and say something about the Lakers strategy. And this was the first time it happened. I was kind of like, oh man, but you know, whatever, like it didn't blow up, so that's cool. But yeah, I was like, okay, so LeVar said that, that like three or four days ago and then Lonzo ends up playing the whole fourth quarter. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, so yeah, but yeah, let's, let's jump back to the second quarter. So yeah, like I said, he, Lonzo played the entire second quarter and, uh, he, uh, let me see. Yeah. With, so with six minutes left in the second quarter, he had six points, nine assists and six rebounds. So major triple double watch. And then he actually hit his double double with a minute and 20 seconds left in the second quarter. What? Uh, yeah, he had like 11 points and 10 assists or something. So crazy double, double before halftime uh, at halftime, we were down 51 to 49. So we we're only down two, but then we ended up, we lost the game by eight. Um, and it just, again, it was one of those games in the fourth quarter. Like I didn't, it didn't really feel like we were going to win. Um, and I hate when I have that feeling, but this was interesting. So we lost by eight. And we missed 15 free throws. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, and this is a this is a this is a big problem for us right now, specifically with Lonzo and Ingram. Like these guys are not making their free throws. Like what's going on? Like they need to they need to be 80% free throw shooters. Like I mean, for their career, like in the future, they they can't be. 60% free throw shooters like that's ridiculous so and then again in this game three pointers again we were six for 22 from three-point land 27% um Giannis had 33 and 15 and man Giannis oh man I I've been on the, the Giannis train for the last like three years like even back when he was only averaging like 12 points I was like this guy I knew he was gonna be a beast and this guy is amazing uh we, we actually went to a uh, Bucks Lakers game last year, me and Tarek, specifically just because we wanted to see him. I think we went to like three games last year and I made sure we went to see Giannis live and I might want to see him again live this year. Um, Malcolm Brogdon killed us. He was like the Aaron Baines from the Celtics game. Like Brogdon is a good player, no doubt. He won rookie of the year last year. Um, 
But yeah, he killed us. And then yeah, interestingly, I think I don't know if this no, I don't think this is the first game Eric Bledsoe played with the Bucks. But yeah, now he's on the Bucks. Eric Bledsoe's cool. Like, I like it. I like him going there. It just makes the East a little more competitive, and so that's cool. Uh, Ingram had a dud game, signature dud game, which I really don't like. Eight points on two of ten shooting. Uh, the best players from the night were Kuzma. 21 and 11 rebounds Randall 17 and 9 rebounds um, So yeah, let's get to the Lonzo triple-double. Yeah, he, he ended up having 19 points 13 assists 12 rebounds three steals three blocks 58% shooting 345 from the three-point land and so it was it was so great to see and it really it looked like UCLA Lonzo like you see, I'm telling you, if you haven't seen, if you're like a Laker fan that just kind of like, oh, Lonzo's new to you, you just started watching him this year, you didn't see him in college, just go on YouTube, watch his highlights. Like this guy was so good and just looked so confident. Out of over 300 schools in college, and all the players that just do 350 times 12, that's how many players there are. Lonzo was actually, he was the most efficient player in all of college basketball last year. Like as a freshman, he was so good. And he was just playing with so much confidence that I'm, I still have not seen it all the way in him, which is fine. Like I'm not worried about it. Even I remember Lonzo said at the beginning of the season that, you know, he, he had to get comfortable. And so, yeah, I don't, I, I don't see him that he looks like he's 100% comfortable yet. I mean, he's still trying to find his way, and that's fine. Like, he's a rookie. He's only, he just turned 20. Like, I mean, okay, think, just think about it like this. Okay, yeah, so let's go back to the triple-double. So he broke LeBron James's record for youngest player with a triple-double. Just crazy. Um, and, yeah, so just look at what we're saying. We're talking about a kid who just turned 20 that... <laughs> has had a game where he had 29, 11, point, 11, and 9, and now 19, 13, and 12. Like this, so I'm saying these numbers are what Laker fans need to get used to him doing soon. Like it, it will happen. Like the fact that he's doing it and the fact that, just think about this, like no one just does those kind of numbers. Like what name a player that, oh, just had insane crazy stat lines at the age of 20 that, you know, like barely any, I think I'm pretty sure I saw that before they took one block away from Lonzo, that no one had recorded such a stat line in NBA history either. Because originally he had four blocks, but then they took one away to three. But I read that when he had four blocks, that exact at least 19 points, 13 assists, 12 rebounds, three steals, four blocks had never been done in NBA history. So just think about that. Um, and oh yeah, and then I, we have a bunch of funny memes. I. I make some memes uh, on our Instagram, and I made some funny ones regarding his triple-double. So, again, go check that out uh, if you haven't on our Instagram. GTLALakers818 is our uh, handle on Instagram. And then, so the other interesting thing from this Bucks game was that Vander Blue became the new sub. Like, he, this was the start of Hart, Josh Hart not really playing anymore. And I think I heard, I think he went down to the... the D-League or the G-League, whatever it's called now, uh, just in the last day or two. And this was interesting. Uh, so Josh Hart uh, had not made a field goal in the entire month of November over a five-game stretch. 
and played 65 minutes during that stretch and did not record field goals. So I guess the Lakers decided, oh, um, Vanderblue, come come in. You're going to take over for a bit for Hart. And uh, Hart got to go practice in the G League. Um, and yeah, after this game, going we were 0-3 on the road trip. And this is when I said to myself, man, we are missing Larry Nance. We really need this guy back. Like Nance is just Mr. Intangibles, Mr. Defense. You can't win without defense. You cannot win without defense. And Nance definitely does that. And uh, so I think his original, his timetable to be out is four to six weeks. So that puts us either he'll be back right about the last day or first day of December, like he's, his range to come back is like December 1st to December 15th ish. Um, so yeah, we need to get him back. Um, and then let's move on to the Suns game. This was the Jordan Clarkson game. Jordan Clarkson had 25 points in 26 minutes. What? And, uh, no one else really played well. I mean, Corey Brewer played pretty well. He had double-digit scoring. Um, but this was interesting. In the second quarter, no other... The first Laker to score other than Jordan Clarkson came at the 3-minute and 18-second mark of the second quarter. So we went, uh, what, 9 minutes-ish without with only Jordan Clarkson scoring. <laughs> that's how bad... That's how good... He, well, he played well. But that's how bad everyone else was. Lonzo and Ingram had dud games. Actually, Lonzo, he didn't even play in the fourth quarter, which was interesting. So we had so we had interesting stuff. LaVar La said Lonzo should play the whole fourth. And then Lonzo did end up playing a whole fourth in one of these games. And then in another game during the stretch, Lonzo didn't even play in the fourth. <laughs> so and yeah, after the game, Lonzo said he didn't have a problem with it. He said Clarkson had the hot hand. Um, you know, I... I didn't think it was necessary. I mean, yeah, Lonzo was, yeah, he was pretty out of it. Like, but I mean, I didn't think it was like, he was so bad that, yeah, he for sure shouldn't have played. But I mean, I did, at the same time too, I was fine with it too. I mean, I actually think it was, it was kind of a good message to Lonzo because it was good in a sense. I think I think what Luke Walton was trying to, the message he was trying to get across was, all right, you're going to have a good game the game before and then come out flat like this like no like i mean if, you're, if that's what you're showing me you can do i need to see it game to game so by sending that message like all right no you're not playing the fourth like hopefully that wakes lonzo up to you know i gotta play well you know all the time and um so yeah i mean we're still waiting for the consistency from him like but um yeah so yeah after this stretch we are now currently tied for 10th place in the west with the Utah Jazz at six and eight. Um, and more importantly, and what I'm most excited about, so I have two goals for the Lakers this season. Like goal goal number one, one A is Lakers make the playoffs. Um, and then my goal one B is for the Lakers to have a better record than the Clippers by the end of the season. Stay in your lane. Which they currently do. So excited about that. I actually made a few bets with people before the season started that the Lakers would have a better record than the Clippers. Or the Flippers, I should say, as we like to affect, not affectionately, actually. We just like to call the Clippers the Flippers. Um, so yeah, Lakers currently are succeeding on one of my goals. Well, they're not in the playoffs at, if it started today, but they are ahead of the Clippers. So 
thank God for that. Um, yep, so let's look at the next few games. Um, we have the next four games are at home. We play Philly tomorrow on Wednesday. Uh, get to see some Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Then we play Phoenix again on Friday. Then we play Denver on Sunday. And then we play Chicago Tuesday. And that'll end the four-game homestand. Then we'll go to Sacramento to play there on Wednesday. And then starts the Thanksgiving break, and the Lakers will have four days off before their next game. Uh, Yeah, so that puts us... uh, Yeah, that's the end of the podcast. Um, By the middle of it, I felt pretty comfortable, even though Tarek wasn't here. But uh, looking forward to him coming back. And uh, yeah, hopefully... Okay, so right now it is 12.30 a.m. Wednesday. Like, by tomorrow... Or no, by today, Wednesday night... Um, I want to have all three of our first podcasts up and hopefully you're listening to this, uh, within a few days or the day of, and, uh, yeah, please follow, subscribe and like us on whatever platform you're listening to us on, uh, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher. Uh, I plan to have them on all of them, uh, and fingers crossed that that happens, uh, tomorrow. Um, and yeah, follow us on social media again, GTLA Lakers 818. And thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the next week or so. Oh, almost forgot. Shout out to the artist that made this beat. The artist's name is Fleslet. <laughs>